0: WTLA North Syracuse WSGO Oswego W249BC Mattydale W261AC Oswego WTKWHD2 Bridgeport ESPN Radio On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 Without Jerry McIntyre, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss. It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all! The Bills make me wanna shout. Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo! A 14-yard quarterback draw! Somebody in Vegas told them they were gonna win by 20! The celebration begins. This is on the block, right? You know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X Men. The- Here on ESPN Radio 97.7. 100.1. So ESPN Radio. A you the the carol. On Heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, and whatever you are doing. The sun shines once again here in central New York after a couple of soggy days. Take us with you out uh, on the dog walk or getting some vitamin D, whatever you're doing. However, you're listening to the show today, much appreciated. However, you are taking in the show in new and improved ways, even better, at twitch.tv slash Talk. Hello, Twitch friends. You can watch the show there. You can live chat throughout the show. I mean, calling the show at 437-7644. That's cool. Hit me on Twitter. Always welcome at Brentax Media. But the live chat, it's a continuous conversation about the discussions that are happening on the air, the discussions that happen exclusive to our Twitch viewers during commercial breaks, You never know what's going to come up in that chat. It kind of takes on a life of its own. It's amazing. Twitch.tv slash talk a great way to take in the show, the all-encompassing experience of the program, as we like to say. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We are excited about two guests that are going to join us today. We gave some love to the Lemoyne women's lacrosse team last week. Today, we tee it up with the men's team, the number one, LeMoyne College Dolphins, their great coach, Dan Sheehan, is going to join us next hour. They've got a big game tomorrow against uh, Delphi. Top 10 matchup there, undefeated number one team. We will check in with Coach Sheehan on how they've accomplished that so far, how they plan to accomplish that going forward, and get some great lacrosse talk in here. Speaking of lacrosse, the SU women's lacrosse team is in action as we speak, and they are cremating Albany. Halftime score: Syracuse 12, Albany nothing. So uh, well on way to victory number nine on the season, and every game from here on out, as they come down the home stretch, is a ranked team, is a top ten team, is a tough ACC matchup in some cases. They're playing some double headers, So today was a get right game. Not that they needed it after a loss, like after losing to North Carolina. Since then, have beat Georgetown and gone on a streak here, a little bit of a streak. So women's team on the Syracuse side just destroying Albany right now. So we'll talk some men's lacks with Dan Sheehan later in the show right here in this hour. Let's go. Let's get that draft talk going, man. Let's ramp it up. We're going to have plenty of things on the draft coming with, of course, three Syracuse players that will hear their names called in the upcoming NFL draft. The Buffalo Bills, the New York football Giants, the New York Jets, whoever your team is. Lots of NFL fans here in Central New York, a lot of Steeler fans, a lot of Patriot fans. I don't know why you would voluntarily do that. But no matter who your team is, we're going to ramp up that draft talk coming up, and we're going to start it today with our friend Matt Perino, Syracuse.com, nyup.com. Do the Patriots basically have to trade up for a quarterback at this point? Some feel they're going to target Justin Fields. Could they? And Belichick, certainly. If You think you got him figured out. Think again. Could he target another quarterback? Could they trade with Atlanta? Could they trade into the top ten at some point just to get a quarterback? You cannot be content with Cam Newton. You just can't. I'm sorry. The Patriots are going to pick a quarterback in this draft. It was believed they were going to target Mac Jones before he seemed to be locked into the Niners. Or is all this just a smokescreen? That's the beauty of this time of the year. Matt Perino will help us clear that up, who the Bills should target, and some great NFL Draft chatter coming your way right here this hour at 420. Dan Sheehan's going to join us next hour at 520. We'll do some hot takes. We'll go on the blind side. We will talk about how uh, vaccines are affecting the sports world. Some pretty significant announcements there, both on a local front and with the Bills, by the way. And the choice you're going to have uh, to make as a consumer about going back to sporting events And what that means, you basically have to get the vaccine or show a negative COVID test within 72 hours to do it. So, yeah, we're starting to come out of this. There was a big hiccup today, as many of you know. The Johnson & Johnson distribution has been put on pause, which, uh, you know, I'll try to stay away from that conversation. But, yeah, that's interesting. Six people out of six million, and we're hitting the pause button. Okay, yes. it's, hey, you know, that's, that's, that's your thing. But we will get into then how it's affecting sports at this point. But here's where I want to start today. I want to start with Syracuse football. And I wrote a column about this. John Casillo wrote a great piece about this today at com, And it's something I want to address here. But from the shoot here, I want to make this clear that spring football is not over some of these things I'm about to address can correct themselves. I hope Syracuse corrects themselves. So I want to give them the benefit of the doubt here, but I also want to shine a spotlight honestly on nothing because that's what we're getting from Syracuse football at this point. Now spring football is spring football. It caters to an audience that's hardcore about the sport, but it can also cater to a general audience And put it on their minds at a time of the year when maybe they're not thinking about it. And let me give you a prime example of that. Two years ago today, Facebook was actually useful today. I am this close to getting off Facebook because it's just a cesspool. But I do like to check those Facebook memories every day because, you know, over the last 10 years or so, that's kind of how people have marked their lives. It's a digital journal. Put it on Facebook, right? And about 90% of the time, I just kind of chuckle at the useless stuff that I've posted on Facebook in the last 10 years. What is that? But once in a while, something comes up that reminds you of a significant life event. And today, it was Syracuse football. Because two years ago today, two years ago, I can't believe this was two years ago. You know what we were doing? We were up on the hill talking to, God rest his great soul, Floyd Little. We were talking to Larry Zonka. We were talking to Tom Coughlin, newly minted Syracuse football star, legend, Eric Dungy. Coming off a 10-win season, one of the most anticipated spring football seasons ever. Vibes are and people waiting in line starting at 9 o'clock in the morning to talk to those gentlemen, get their autographs, and then experience and enjoy a day of spring football. That was two years ago today. Could not feel better about Syracuse football and where it was heading in that moment than on this day two years ago. Now, what has happened since then? Well, Syracuse has won six football games since then and has fallen back to the the back of the pack in the ACC. It's an important year to show for Dino Babers and others that... Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach, that the program is heading in the right direction. And all these things that we've talked about with spring football, that really struck me. I'm like, think about this two years ago. You couldn't get away from Syracuse football. If you tried now, and I don't want to set off the alarm and have chief engineer come running in here. So just allow me to do this for a couple of seconds. The one thing you're not supposed to do in radio, which is shut up, but this is what you're getting from Syracuse football. Right now, nothing. Nothing. Okay. Heard a quote today, and it's funny how these things all kind of come together. I've told you guys about this, and you know, when you do what I do, you're, you're kind of. People ask me all the time, like, "How do you prep for your show?" It's like, well, you're kind of always prepping. You're kind of always thinking about things and gathering stuff, and. You watch sports, not you read stuff, and you're constantly debating. Okay, well, would this be interesting to talk about on the air? It's just, it's kind of a sickness I have, frankly. <laughs> it's, just, it's just this 22 hour process, really. And the only time we're not doing it is the two hours we're on the air. But when I really lock in for the show, it's when I take Summit for her walk. Usually early afternoon. Sometimes I go in the morning, depending on you know things going on or whatever. But I like to take Summit for an early afternoon walk. And that's what I really lock in. Like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. You get the juices flowing, the blame flowing, the creativity flowing. And like, okay, this is how we're going to do this. And okay, I got these guests on today, and I kind of put a game plan together, which, by the way, it can often fall apart by the time the show starts because, you know, stuff happens. But I heard something on my walk today that completely encapsulates the situation for Syracuse football right now. And I want to credit Colin Cowherd, who said this. I was listening to his podcast today, and he said this, quote, When faced with a challenge, you can do two things. You can deny it, or you can create a new reality. Well, Syracuse does have a bit of a challenge right now. They're coming off a 1-10 in season. Selling tickets for Syracuse football is going to be extremely difficult because of a pandemic and the parameters around that, and who knows what it's going to look like in September. The Buffalo Bills said today, want to come to a Bills game next year? Great, got to have a vaccine. Syracuse is not at that point yet. They're more test negative, show proof of a vaccine. They're not requiring that. I would imagine by the fall, it will be. They're requiring students to get a vaccine to be on campus. I would imagine you're going to be required to be vaccine vaccinated to get into a football game in the fall. I don't know that for sure, but I would imagine it's heading that way. So that's difficult enough. That is a challenge. I understand that that is a challenge. What it is not is an excuse. One in ten is not an excuse. Create a new reality. Now, I'm not asking Syracuse to pull the wool over our eyes here, but why do we hear nothing from spring practice from this team other than, correct me if I'm wrong here, one media appearance from the head coach, or when the head coach sits down and talks to the media, Zoom or otherwise, creates a lot of good vibes, good quotes. There's just a way that Dino Babers can... Describe something that makes you smile. You have an engaging head coach. Use them more. They'll put some things on social media, very carefully calculated things on social media. But I got news for you. 90% of your audience, not on Twitter. Maybe somebody will show it to them. But not everybody's on social media. As prominent as it is, as important it is in the world, a lot of your your fans, and if they are, they don't check it all day, every day. They're not going to see it. I completely understand the importance of social media, but there's something about seeing, hearing, and getting something right in front of your face, depending on what form of media that is. Let me give you an example. If Garrett Schrader walked in this room right now and threw a football at my nose, I wouldn't know who he is. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what he sounds like. I know what Simon Torrance looks like and sounds like because he was on this show. And has done other shows. Did uh, Eric Devendorf's podcast today? I know who Cole Swider is, what he looks like, and what he sounds like. Why? Because he was available. He did media appearances. He transfers in. Here he is. You have a legit, juicy quarterback competition going on. We hear nothing about it. You've got a football team that is trying to bounce back from a one in 10 season, create a new reality the challenge of that, the motivation from that, clips from coaches encouraging this team when they have a low moment. You want to go 1-10 again? You have an engaging, I know this to be true because I have certain access that others don't, but the fan base for the most part wouldn't know Tony White, the defensive coordinator of this football team, if he was behind him in line at Starbucks. He's about to have three of his former players, I understand he's only been here for a year, But three players he coached drafted. Haven't heard anything from him about that. Now, again, I want to be fair. It's not over. The draft's in two weeks. Maybe we'll get that opportunity. But no one's been banging on my door, anybody's door, saying, hey, you're going to have Ifatu Melofawo on? You're going to have Andre Sisko on? You're going to have Terrell Williams on? We are efforting that. But that came from me. You know what I was – I came across flipping around last night the NC State spring football game on the ACC network. Now, again, I understand you were one in 10 last year, but I checked on this today, and somebody can please correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong on this, but I checked today. No plans for the football spring game to be on the ACC network, a channel that is built specifically for those kind of things programming about ACC schools, not just high profile games, but Softball games, lacrosse games, spring football games. This is your outlet to put this on. I saw NC State's spring game. I saw, you know, Clemson's Clemson. They're at the top of the league and hard to get to, but I saw their spring game on. I don't even know if there is a spring football game for Syracuse football, let alone if it's going to be on TV. How is this going to help you create a new reality? How is this going to rally your fan base behind you? How is this strategy good for you? Let me answer that. It's not. We understand it's going to be difficult. You went 1-10 last year. Syracuse has kind of taken that quiet, humble, let's earn the fans back approach. Let me tell you something. It's not going to work because it hasn't worked. Why is Dino Babers the only voice we hear? And by the way, if Garrett Schrader is not available, and I'm just using him as an example, throw me other players. You've got a lot of seniors coming back. You've got some engaging personalities on this team. You've got some well-spoken young men. If they are not available to make traditional media appearances, please tell me why they can't do a Zoom. They're not that busy. Sorry, I've been told this about. We've requested some interviews with people, And I've been told, well, you know, they're very busy schedules. They're not that busy that you can't put them in front of a Zoom screen for 10 minutes after a practice. Now, again, if this has been done and I just got left off the email, then please put it in front of me. But I haven't missed too many of these things. How can this be your strategy to get people to re-engage with your football team? I understand it's difficult but it's the hard that makes it great. You put out two years ago one of the best things I have ever seen Syracuse University do, the La Familia hard knock style series that they did. You know what? Anybody can turn on a camera and bang their chest and say, hey, look at this, 10-win season, this is how we do it. Do you have the guts to show us how you're rebuilding from a one-win season? Show us that. That's interesting. Plain and simple, they're not doing enough. And you can say, well, Brent, it's spring. What does it matter? It, let's discuss this all in the fall. It matters because you're nowhere on the radar right now. And if they want it that way, I question that strategy. And if that's Dino Baber's philosophy on this, I respect Dino a lot. He's wrong. It's not how you do this. Why is he the only coach that talks on the coaching staff? Why have we not heard from any players? Why do I not have people, and I could name some names here, but I won't, banging on the door saying, you want to talk to this guy, you want to talk to that guy, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to give away some tickets, you want to... Nothing. No one. Nothing from Syracuse. How is this a good strategy? I'll answer that for you. It's not. When faced with a challenge... You can do two things. You can deny it, or you can create a new reality. Syracuse is actually doing a a third option in that. They're hiding. They're hiding. Now, it's April 13th. Spring ball's not over. Some of these things may be in the pipeline and I jumped the gun. I don't know. But that's the thing. I don't know, and I should know. It's not a good way to do it. It's not going to build. You can't just show up in the fall and earn your way back and be like, hey, we're here. I mean, selling the dome and the new dome, which fans have not been able to go to, that could be a strategy. It actually could be. That could work. Because nobody got to see it last fall. Nobody got to see it during basketball season and barely anybody's seen it during lacrosse season. So that that could be in the hopper and look, that's great. But that's you see it once, you see that's there goes that idea. I'm trying to build something here. The one thing you cannot control is the play on the field, but you can control everything else. So just think about that. Think about where we were two years ago today and where we are now. We couldn't be on more opposite ends of the spectrum. We need to come back at least in the middle here. And by the way, I don't have to do this. Right, like this isn't me complaining that I'm not getting access. This is not me complaining because I don't have content to talk about. I got other things I can talk about. I got other things that I can I can go to. I want to help you. I want to talk about you. I want to put it in front of people, confront the challenge. Don't run from it. Don't deny it. Create a new reality. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be people that scoff at that. Oh, you, why, why are you talking about? A one in ten football team. Who cares? Those are sports fans, right? The same Syracuse basketball fans that were saying the end was near when Kadaria Richmond transferred. Now, now look at things two weeks later. And again, you're going to let basketball completely dominate your time, right now. You're going to let lacrosse completely dominate what should be at least partially your time. Lacrosse should be on the spotlight in the spring, especially with two pretty good teams. But it it just befuddles me. It it absolutely befuddles me. I don't I don't understand it. I I wouldn't like the opportunity for somebody to come on and explain it, but they're too busy hiding. They're too busy, you know, putting up a couple of pictures on Twitter once in a while, as opposed to a all out blitz to get people re-engaged with Syracuse football. Just embrace it. Yeah, we stunk last year. Last year was a bad season. Here's how we're gonna fix it. Here's how we need you to help us with it. And go from there. And on that note, we will take a break. We will come back. And speaking of football, we'll change gears. Three guys. Three guys from that team I talked about. Now, circumstances, injuries, things of that nature prevented them from fully kind of taking advantage of this. But you're going to have three players drafted in two weeks, which is great. That's going to be a huge boon for Dino Baylor. It's going to be a huge recruiting push for Syracuse. Which one of those three makes the most sense for the Bills? Because there's one guy I'm just flat out hoping they pick at this point. What will New England do to counter everything the Bills did this year? And a lot of NFL draft talk with our friend Matt Perino is coming up. First, let's see how the markets did today. My main man, Lee Baldwin, is here to do that and tell us all about it here on this Tuesday. And Lee, if you're here, that must mean good things, right? It was good things if you're a tech investor today. Brent, uh, the Nasdaq was up over one percent, so that was good. The other markets were kind of flat, um, but Bitcoin traded at an all-time high, and our diamond is Coinbase, which is going to go public tomorrow. So Bitcoin is the rage still, and J and J gets the dog. You probably heard that their COVID vaccine was um, temporarily halted due to some clotting issues, but hopefully that bounces back. But uh by the way, I, what I, got. I learned a lot about Bitcoin today. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast, and somebody really broke it down, explained Bitcoin like Grandpa gets it now. I understand it. And <laughs> boy, I wish I bought Perfect. some of that like oh. seven years ago. Let's say that. Boy, if I had a Bitcoin for every time I said that, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. That's our friend Lee Baldwin, who you can find, of course, in Kaz and Utica, LeeBaldwin.com. Zoom in if you're more comfortable, but make sure you talk to our friends at Lee Baldwin & Company so you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. Let's break. Come back with some NFL Draft Talk. Matt Perino will do it next. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Excuse Excuse me. May I have your attention? On The Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're On The Block, ESPN Radio, twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. How the Block is presented by our friends at Billy Whitaker, Cars and Trucks. let do some hot things, shall we, baby? We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you, so are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot in yes! <laughs> Man, it's hot. How hot is It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. So this is the kind of thing we do in the sports radio world and on Twitter. All the great places we get to uh, settle uh, arguments in sports, which typically don't have the right answer. Right? The only things in sports, really, that have the right definitive answer are black and white things. Who won the game? Who lost the game? Sometimes that is even in a gray area, right? Like, you know, when you're watching a baseball game on Sunday night and the guy doesn't even touch the plate and they give him the run anyway. So even that is not defined. The only thing really defined is this guy scored this many points. And even that sometimes can be put into question. So that's the beauty of sports. It's funny. I, it was I, my stepdad said this. We were at this. Oh, this is we, we had Easter dinner and we were just, you know, chit-chatting about stuff, and the weather came up, and he's like, man, where can you have a job where you're wrong that often? He was talking about weathermen. I'm like, sports, right? <laughs> we got a big kick out of that. But that's the beauty of sports talk and discussion, these things. So where I'm going with this is an unanswerable question, but I think a good debate. And I gave our Twitch friends a preview of this. So Julian Edelman retires. And I say that in air quotes because, I mean, you and I both know Julian Edelman is going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. And you'd say, well, if he was going to do that, wouldn't it have happened already? Perhaps. Maybe. Here's my question, though. So here's Julian Edelman, who, by the way, is not a Hall of Famer. He is unequivocally not a Hall of Famer. He had an amazing career. He has some of the best postseason numbers you've ever seen. He is the product of the Belichick Brady era. If you're going to say Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer, you have to be in the discussion of the reason the Patriots won all those Super Bowls and became the dynasty they were is because of fill-in-the-blank. Edelman's not in that discussion. Edelman was a product of that offense and of that quarterback and of that coach, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they could have done it without him. They absolutely could not have done it without Belichick or Brady and, and that long-term discussion, which will never have the right answer. And maybe we're starting to see that Brady was a little more important than Belichick there, but, I mean, come on. Here's my question. Would you rather have Julian Edelman's career, numbers, rings, everything but the Hall of Fame jacket, which he should not get, especially over some names that aren't even there yet, or say a guy like Calvin Johnson's career? Calvin Johnson is immortal. He's a Hall of Fame receiver without question. He's Megatron. He is going to be one of the best players of his generation. He is one of the most electric players I've ever watched at any position. He's unfortunately going to be remembered for a catch he didn't make. That he did make that didn't get ruled a catch. But it's funny how Megatron's in that discussion. Barry Sanders is in that discussion. Immortal. One of the greatest players at his position to ever play the game without question. Never won a title. I've heard a lot of interviews with Hall of Famers. Now, Maybe Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson are not good examples of that because they're just elite, less than 1%, best of the best. But think of just players that had Hall of Fame careers. I have heard, I don't want to misquote anybody here, but I know I have heard former Buffalo Bills say, give me a choice, one title or the Hall of Fame, they'd all take the title. Now, Hall of Fame, again, that's elite. That's immortal. That you would... What's that great line from um, the baseball movie, The Sandlot, when he's like, heroes get remembered, but legends never die, right? A lot of heroes, if you will, in a sports context of won titles, legends never die. But I present to you Julian Edelman's career or Calvin Johnson's career. I would take Julian Edelman 10 out of 10 times, 10 out of 10. The point of the game is to win championships. You were a, no. he's not a Hall of Famer, but he was a big part of those championships. And you can look back and say, look what I did. Look what I accomplished on the field. I did everything except become a Hall of Famer. But guess what? 99.9% of people that play football don't become Hall of Famers. See, this is what I love about these sports arguments, because you can come back at me with a Brent. Titles are just titles. They're It's a team concept. They give you a ring, and barely anybody gets remembered for that. You know who gets remembered from championship teams? The Hall of Famers. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw. They're Hall of Famers because they won championships, right? That's what I love about this discussion. But I heard all this talk today about is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer, and I'm thinking like, yeah, no, but would you rather be Julian Edelman or I think of some of those great Denver Broncos that made all those Super Bowls before they ended up winning it with Elway and Terrell Davis and those teams in the mid-'90s. But, you know, think of uh, Tom Jackson. ESPN, long-time guy, went to Super Bowls, never won Super Bowls. The Minnesota Vikings of the 70s, Frank Tarkenton and company, lost four Super Bowls. I mentioned the Bills. Would you rather have been there on the brink of winning a title or won a title, but you're not a Hall of Famer? And Let the unanswerable question go on. But in this latest case with Edelman, who was a special player physically, what, I mean, just, What I will say about Edelman is there have been great connections in history. Montana to Rice, Kelly to Reed, Bradshaw and Lynn Swan. I mean, you can go through all the names. The connection that Edelman had with Brady, if anything, Edelman represented what is kind of the... How can I phrase this properly? New England was best known for just... The assembly line of receivers that came through, Gronk and Edelman are like the staples. There were guys that hung around for a couple years, but there's a select few that were there pretty much the whole way. Which, again, is a credit to Belichick and Brady of being able to do it over 20 years with a long list of people. Just plug and play goes. The system that won the championships, not the individuals. Few individuals stand out. If anything, give Edelman extra credit for the fact that he did stay, he did stand out, and was able to contribute to it consistently. Not a Hall of Famer. On that note, we'll break Hall of Famer in my book, Dan Sheehan. is coming up next hour, had lacrosse coach at LeMoyne. Looking forward to talking with him. Blindside on the way. I brought up Syracuse football earlier. We can circle back on that. Syracuse women's lacrosse. Now, Albany scored a few more goals here to get back in this thing. I think Gary Gates empty in the bench. Oh, it's actually we're final now. Syracuse 16, Albany 6. So we'll get some lacrosse talk in there coming up and how vaccines are affecting the sports world. Vaccines certainly in the news today. A little more than usual, I'm sure you've heard. So we'll get to that coming up. Stay right there.